When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This episode of The Huddle is brought to you by The Athletic Club Oakland, my go-to sports bar in the East Bay. Look, this will be a shock to no one. I love watching sports, and I love it even more while at a sports bar. But to be honest, there was a long period of time where I just couldn't find one I actually liked. I'd find a spot that had TVs, but the food sucked ass, or a place that had good food, but they wouldn't show the game I wanted, and the inside felt dark and depressing. It was always some trade-off or sacrifice, and that's finally done now. The ACO is exactly what I'm looking for without sacrifice. They have a huge space, including an outdoor spot where they shut down an entire street and called it the town gardens. They have more than a 100 televisions, which can and will show every game you ask for, and they have great food. The ACO has everything you need to comfortably watch your favorite team in any sport at any time with passionate fans. I love it. And I'm pretty damn sure you will too. The Athletic Club Oakland, where sports fans get everything they want every day they want it. We're going to bring you on to our huddle. You are in for his huddle with me, Bram. No markers today, but with me per usual, my master of all things video and sound, Maxime. How's it going? Maxime, full house. And I couldn't be more excited to announce it, rejoining us after way too long. The host of the Steining Guru Show on 95.7 The Game, a man who used his talent, heart, and knowledge to earn a rising and remarkable career in sports radio, one of the best damn hairlines in the sports radio business, a Warriors specialist who was at the game last night, and a guy who thinks Sacramento did E40 kind of dirty, Mr. Daryl the Guru Johnson. What's going on, Goo? What's up, fellas? Thanks for having me, man. You know I'm all, you threw up the bad signal. I'm here. You know we need you. Yeah. You are the only one we need. Also rejoining us, <laughs> a double guest episode. A reporter with experience in the NFL, NC2A, and the NBA. The Golden State B-Writer for the San Francisco Chronicle. A man who attends every single Warriors practice, press conference, shoot around in game, including both in Sacramento so far. And a guy whose practice video of Jordan Poole went viral on Reddit. And in fact, I'm going to add this. The presiding judge in our own basketball court, the Honorable CJ Holmes. What's going on, CJ? What's up, guys? Uh, thanks for uh-huh. having me. Just got back from uh, SAC a couple hours ago, and you guys know if you threw up the bat signal for Guru, Robin was going to come with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no Robin scenario here. So I'm going to take you guys back through uh, through my own behind-the-scenes analysis here. So I got, you know, I always have these opens that I spend all this fucking time on, and I had no idea how to read them fucking, like, which one first, dude? I want to be able to read them at the same time. So there is no Batman-Robin scenario here no doubt. at all. Two, you know, these are the Avengers, not any DC bullshit. Uh, <laughs> and I tell you what, I need you guys. Um, let me start this way. What's your emotional state? Not who do you think is going to win. We'll get there. But how does this podcast feel you? Because I'll, I'll, here's an, a very embarrassing admission and a story about me last night. So I love the Warriors playoffs so much so that we turn each one into a party. I don't give a fuck if it's during the week or not. We had a bunch of friends over last night, drank, barbecue, you know, the whole thing, man. I'm getting all fired up. Fuck Sacramento, all of this. Then the game plays out the way it did. And with about, I don't know, 45 seconds, maybe a minute left in the game, Sacramento is going to win it. And they start chanting, uh, light the beam. I turned off the television, sat there in silence until everybody slowly got up and left. 
It was the pissiest thing I've ever done. There's no way my friend's going to want to come back over. So I am all fucked up today. How how are you guys? How is this finding you? CJ, go ahead, man, because I'm, I'm man. I can't wait to hear. <laughs> no, nah, I was just saying I was feeling under a little under the weather in uh, game two yesterday, but uh, a little better today. Battle through a nice scenic drive from Sacramento back to Oakland. Uh, I'm doing pretty well, being considered. <laughs> Does it not impact you, CJ? Does, is there an emotional component to this at all? My check's clear whether the Warriors win or lose. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Guru? Where are you on this? I'm in a state of shock, for real. I, I'm one of the guys, you know, uh, that thought I wanted the Sacramento King pack. I thought they were soft. I thought the Warriors could, you know, rest up per se. Gentlemen sweep at the, you know, at the best 4-1, maybe even a sweep. So. I got to be careful here, but I, I feel worse after game two, being in the house, seeing it up close than I did game one because I thought everything would be rectified after game one, and I got more questions than answers now. Maxime, which side are you on this? Yeah, I I agree. You know, I, I felt comforted watching my boys smiling in the podium press conference after game one. I was like, oh, we got this. We've been through this before. You know, this is the veterans. You get punched in the mouth. That's all right. You come back. I, I, I'm not having a good day. Uh, I hate to say it, you know, and everywhere I turn, I'm trying to distract myself and I just keep on getting more reminders. Like an hour ago, fucking De'Aaron Fox just wins clutch player of the year for the inaugural time. Like, I don't need these kind of constant reminders that stuff is not going very well. I'm, I'm in a bad mood. I didn't even know that was an award. It's that's just, I, yeah, that's brand new award. Neither did I, yeah. <laughs> that's ridiculous. And how the hell do you give that out for the regular season? That seems like the definition of a postseason award. Well, I'll tell you what, we got to jump in here um, and we're going to do our glass half full. You boys both have done this with us multiple times. We look back at recent hoop. So we got two games to look at. Give you something you like or don't. I'm going to start us with a dose of optimism. Not when I necessarily believe. I think I do. I'm going to try to talk myself into this. Right. So glass half full. What happened? Sacramento held serve. You know, we all had our vision that, you know, the, the Warriors would come in and blow them out and the lack of travel and this perfect opponent and all of that. But, you know, that, that didn't come out the way we wanted to. But instead of panicking, we can remember Sacramento was supposed to win those two games. Those were two fucking home games. There's a saying. I think Curry uh, touched on it from the podium last night. A series does not begin until the road team gets a win. So... The series has not yet begun. Sacramento held serve, and now it's our turn. That's that's as rosy as I can get. Uh, what about you, boys? And if something good or something bad? Your call. I'll go with something good. Uh, Andrew Wiggins is an athletic freak because I thought he would be way more rusty than he was, guys. And I can say this, and I'll say it confidently. He's been the all-around best Golden State Warrior in eight quarters. Okay, you could throw his three-point percentage at me. That's fine. But without him, this thing would be way worse. So the fact that Drew is back just from a physical standpoint moving forward, I didn't expect that. That gives me some confidence. TJ? I might have to go with glass half empty um, for these reasons. I give Golden State a lot of credit. You know, as Guru just said, Andrew Wiggins' reintegration back into the lineup has been pretty damn seamless. And as you said, if, without Wiggins, this series – could be completely ugly and any any glimpse of hope might be unrealistic. Um, the Warriors' road struggles during the regular season were well-documented, and considering how they are, they usually play on the road this year, the, the fact that they've lost two close games on the road and played pretty well, you know, you know other than, you know, some some mental lapses when it comes to like offensive rebounds and fouling and uh, things of that nature. But the reason why I'm going to go glass half empty is because the Warriors are now in unfamiliar territory. I believe this is the first time they've been down 0-2 in the Stephen Curry era to start a series. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'll repeat a stat that I said um, that Mark Spears brought up yesterday that, you know, I brought up to you guys before we hopped on live. There have been five defending champions in NBA history who started a series 0-2. Um, the prior four have went on to lose and three of them have gotten swept. Now, 
granted, you know, the Warriors are returning. The series shifts back to San Francisco where the Warriors are arguably the best team in the league. But this young Sacramento team, they're even hungrier now. They see the chips in the armor. And like you said, the series doesn't start until someone loses on the road, right? Well, Sacramento's coming into San Francisco on Thursday believing they can win, right? And, you know, just and if they don't get it done on Thursday, who's to say they don't get it done on Sunday? Um, the Warriors are in a really, really rough position right now, and they're going to have to hold serve at home, obviously, if they want to get this series back um, within reach. You hit something on the head, man. You're glass half empty. I'll be honest. It's pompous. Going into this, you know, secretly, not so secretly, I said into this microphone that the Warriors had a magical playoff switch and that when they got there, all these things we've been worried about, they would hit that switch. And then here we go off to the races and, you know, glass half empty. I was wrong. Yeah, the Both games started with a shit burger turnover. You know, I mean, like literally first play right out the right. jump and, you know, and they and they looked bad. They had all of the problems on the road that we've identified during the playoffs. So there isn't a magical switch. Maxime, you got anything good for us or bad? <laughs> well, we're going to dissect a lot of this. So I will give you guys a glass half full. As for as bad as the Warriors have been on the road and how bad they consistent continue to show that they're consistently bad on the road, they're equally good at home this season. We have every reason to believe that we will hold serve, which basically means if we are going to be as historically good at home as we've been consistently throughout this whole season, we only need to win one in Sacramento. That's it. We only need to win one. Maybe it'll come... In game five, maybe it'll come in game seven, but I still have a belief that this team can pull it off. I have to say this, otherwise I'll be disingenuous. Glass half empty, Jordan Poole and everything he's done. I, mean, I don't know if it's because of injury. You know, uh, we've heard be. quotes that he has half a foot, but he hey, has... Story coming in. soon on that. Hey, Ooh. well, give us, wow. you give us any insight right now? What's what's going on? What what have you learned? What, what should we know? Um... This is basically what you talked about. It's kind of breaking down as Jordan Poole's, you know, slow playoff start, more of a, you know, it's more indicative of his ankle injury or something more serious. Um, I think that, you know, evidence suggests it's former, and I wrote about that. So uh, keep an eye out for that, guys, in the next uh, hour or so. What happened to that dude's balance, man? Forget the injury. I mean, I have never seen a metamorphosis like this. He earned his bag. I'm a big fan. I've never seen, I said on the show, it was like you would, and no shade, like he was in dress shoes sometimes, like falling down by yourself. Like he's too good, man. So I know he's hurt now, but man, I've seen, you, you know, red uh, sirens before with his balance. It's just uncanny. If they had a bingo card, you know, that I could use during a Warriors game, my center square would be Jordan Poole falls down for no reason. Uh, here is here is a true story. So I do. I'm an attorney. You guys know that I do personal injury shit. So I occasionally have to depose doctors. We were deposing a doctor and I learned a term peripheral neuropathy. Okay. Apparently what that means is you fall. There, there, there are various things that can happen as you get older. And like because of that, your sense of balance is kind of fucked up. You can't necessarily see where your foot's going to drop. And he said that, and I literally, during the depot, said, oh, like Jordan Bull. And nobody got it. Nobody laughed, and it was hell of inappropriate. But yes, man, it's, it's bleeding into my personal life. Uh, but CJ, what's the official word on Jordan Poole's health from the team? I mean, are they listening? And I know he was questionable going into last night, but are they giving you details? Is it like sprained ankle? I mean, what, what's going on? Uh, sprained ankle, sprained left ankle is the, is the diagnosis. Um and really, the only thing any anyone team affiliate said about it was Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson last night credited him um, yeah. for continuing to play with that. He said he's basically playing on one foot. And if that's the case, I mean, that'll explain a lot of what's going on with him right now. I mean, the guy had 13 points in the first half of game one, yeah. um, got, got hurt late in the third quarter, um, finished with just 17, finished four of 10 after starting four of seven. Um, in game two, he was one for seven right now. Jordan's had bouts of inconsistency all season long, but considering how aggressive he came out to start this series and how much his aggressive aggressiveness and efficiency has dialed back since the injury, you know, in my mind, that's the only thing that it's, it all points to the injury as being the issue right now. Yeah. Um, I would say that, you know, these two days of rest between games two and three benefit him the most, even more so than, than the Warriors veterans. Mm -hmm. um, chance for him to get healed up and get back in front of that chase center crowd where he plays his best basketball. 
What was the environment like, boys? So I was going to make this a whole off the court report, but I'm just going to ask you. So I, I didn't go. Um, and I'd like to hear that it wasn't that lit, but it, it looked pretty fucking wild from a TV perspective. You guys were there. How would you describe Golden One? Deafening. Absolutely deafening. That's to be expected from a team that hasn't been to the playoffs in 17 years. Um, the whole lighting the beam thing, although you Warriors fans hate to hear it, it's a, it was, it was a pretty, pretty sweet to, you know, see that and see how the, Kings fans rally around that. Um, I'll say this. It was so loud in there. There were some reporters in, in press row who had to actually cover their ears just to focus on the game. Dude, that was well said. I, I was in there, and I'll say this. I'm not a hater. I give credit where credit is due. I was in Oracle, we believe, against the Mavericks. I caught two of those games. It was incredible. But right next to that experience now is what I experienced last night. It was breathtaking. It was chilling. And I've already, I'm on record as saying the light the beam concept is arguably the best concept ever to like merge a fan base and a team. And we thought it was cute and fun after 82 games. Now you got Mayweather in there, 50 Cent last night. They were all in the house, but the fans are hungry just like we were, we believe, and it's real. And then they just congregate after it's over. And the beam is up there. You know, I'm a nerd, so I like DC, Marvel, like Batman. That beam in the sky, I was like, man, this thing is here to stay. But it was real. It was like a college atmosphere, man. So I don't know why I want to say I wasn't expecting it, but it it surpassed what I thought I was going to be a part of. We have some things in common, Guru. I am also a nerd and love comic yeah. books, but we have some things where we were different. All right, here's how we're different. I am a hater. <laughs> Look at C. Yeah. So we have CJ and I, yeah, no doubt. We've had multiple you know, random pop culture conversations, but here's how we are different. I am 100% a hater. I hated that fucking fan base. I hate them now. Um, here, I'll point this out. Two third quarters. They weren't full when the third quarter started. People didn't necessarily come back immediately after halftime. And I saw something somewhere that said the the PA announcer had to tell people to put on their shirt. But that's just me, you know, picking nits. Wow, you hating hard, Bram. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that's just me picking nits. Yeah. They looked insane, and they certainly made a difference. What's the uh, what's the best sporting environment you guys have ever gone to? You know, the, uh, across sports and any scenario, like what what gym is the sticks out to you? Or I mean, it doesn't have to be gym, I guess, anywhere. Oh, 2013 Iron Bowl by far. <laughs> Kick six, man. Like it did nothing beats that. Um, Why? Chris Chris Davis. I mean, it was like number one versus like n- like number. I forget what the rankings uh-huh. were. It was like a top five matchup between Auburn, Alabama, arguably the biggest rivalry in college football. Jordan Hare Stadium was rocking. Chris Davis took that thing. Um, 100 and whatever yards to the house. Everyone stormed the field. I still got pictures on my phone somewhere and videos of being on the field. And um, that was by far the coolest, coolest sporting event I've ever been a part of. Yeah, for me, it's the, uh, you know, I'm a cow- diehard Cowboy fan. It was the 91 uh, NFC Championship game at Candlestick in the rain. And it wasn't just about I had a horse in the race, man. From the first snap, the energy was on 1,000, as the kids say. And I will never, ever forget that experience walking out of there watching the greats, man, because, it, you know, in that era, that was the Super Bowl. Those were the two best teams. That was a real rivalry, right? And uh, to watch that, everybody be invested and the players put on a show and it come down to the end the way it did, that, that's a, that's a n- far number one for me. I got two, and one I think might be uh, – might not be the cleanest memory. So the one for sure. I went to a bunch of games in the run-up to the initial championship in 2015, and that environment was unbelievable. Um, I wish I could tell you I went to We Believe. I almost lied to you guys and said I was there, but I thought like I may have said something at some uh-huh. other point, that, so I didn't want to put that out there. So I'll, I'll put that as number one. Number two, I went to Spain years and years and years ago, and we went to a soccer match there. It was a 0-0 tie. And I've never seen passion like that at any point. The songs, the whole shit. But the reason I can't say for sure that that makes my top three is that we were doing mushrooms. And so who fucking like, maybe my perception was all fucked up and there's only three people there. I, you know, I don't, I don't know. But I remember having the time of my life. Uh, Maxime, how do you answer that? That's actually, that's such a good reminder. You reminded me of, uh, my family's from the south of France. So I went, I've been to a few Marseille games 
Um, I went to, um, yeah, yeah. As a 10 year old, um, on shrooms, you know, it's, it's what you do in France, right? They put you, they give you the wine at age two and they give you the shrooms at age 10. It's very common. Um, yeah, no, the, like Marseille, uh, PSG was just some insane shit. Um, especially because at, at certain points wearing a Marseille Jersey, I, I kind of felt like my life was in danger just being around, you know, it's like, I'm at home. This is crazy. So it's a, it's a whole nother thing, but I was also fortunate enough to be, um, around for game four of that series where it went to seven with that rockets uh implosion where they missed 27 straight and that environment just being in being behind the hoop um with all the like slam sticks uh and just that insane noise and overwhelm was a a pretty incredible event i've spent the last i don't know two minutes trying to come up with some legitimate shit i can give to the light the beam thing you know like why it's not a cool concept or isn't working i've come oh. up with nothing i've come up with nothing it, it is it, it's what a great idea and i have no legitimate shit to give it unfortunately enough no doubt okay man i'm just yeah i give props for that, that i pride myself on giving love where it's due man and they did that yeah, I mean, I pride. I am known by some of my friends as the hater. That's not a joke. That's real deal. And even even like even though that's my superpower, I can't give you something I hate about light the beam outside of that uh-huh. it annoys the hell out of me. Uh, let's go to the golden questions. So this is our mailbag. Always deals with the Warriors. Occasionally gets personal. And here's our first quote. Little boys, I'm losing my ish a little and need some of your optimism. How can Golden State even the series? CJ. Why don't you take this one first, man? What what needs to happen for the Warriors to be able to even this series over the next two games? I mean, I guess that's the thing. Like, if you look at games one, games two, the Warriors played good enough to win in both games. They're not far off, right? They're not far off. However, you know, I'll kind of quote what Steph said, you know, not verbatim, but, you know, they know they, know they have it. They know what to do, but can they execute, right? It comes yep. down to cutting out the stupid shit. Yeah. Stop turning the ball over needlessly. Stop, you know, fouling guys, putting them on the free throw line, giving them easy points, right? Um, stop giving up offensive rebounds to Sabonis and Harrison Barnes. Very little things. I mean, we're in the postseason now, and we're still talking about fundamentals when it comes right. to the Warriors team. That's crazy to me, right? All that playoff pedigree and – they're playing in a way that you would expect the Kings to play in their postseason appearance in 17 years, yeah. you know? Yeah. So it's, it's real simple. Hold serve at home, take care of your home court, and cut the stupid shit. They do that, it'll be 2-2, and we'll be heading back to Sacramento the next week. As simple as that. Guru, are you talking into it? What do you think? Is it possible? Yeah, I'm with you, man. I was in denial. I thought they had a switch. They led the league in fouls. Guess what? Game one, you fouled at the end. Uh, Steph Curry, you need to be the best player on the court. And I'm not just singling him out. I never once thought that could be De'Aaron Fox. And two, what CJ just said, they also led the league in turnovers. 20 turnovers, and and your Curry started the game twice with the CYO across the court. And the chef, I love the chef, but that sets the tone. And he scored one bucket last night. That's closing time. That's when, you know, your best player is supposed to step up. And De'Aaron Fox, he didn't have the greatest scoring game like game one, but he closed it. Nobody can stay in front of Malik Monk. And I'm getting worried, man, because I'm a 50-year-old that still plays hoops. You know when you see something faster and quicker. And what's bothering my person, man, my being, is sack looks younger and quicker. But guess what? They are. But to CJ's point, they got to cut that stuff out because they could have won both games. But if they don't, this is going to shock the world, man. And and that read of they look younger and more athletic and a little bit faster is going to make it way harder to swallow if that's what ultimately goes down. Uh, And if I can add something real quick, the Kings also look more hungrier, right? Mm. They They look hungrier. And they're closing out games better in a way that you would expect a veteran team to close out games. The Warriors had one field goal in the final 311 of regulation. I'm going to reread this question because I feel like we've lost the thread. I need some of your optimism. How can Golden State even this fucking series? Here, I'll go back to the optimistic portion. After everything we just said, all of it, uh, they looked sloppier. They looked less hungry. They looked less athletic. They have not done all the things we wanted to you know what they were on game one one shot away from winning one one shot 
And they, and in fact, two shots. If Clay had just taken the fucking layup as opposed to kicking it back out to Wiggins for a three, I think we could have won. I keep saying that, but I keep getting bashed. It all, no, that's not his game. He was right there, man. It's I, a game you, of rhythm. Take the shot, and you're down one. Okay, so there you that's go. They me. had a shot to win, and you know, to steal one. And if they had, this entire conversation would be totally different. And as bad as they've been on the road during the regular season, if what we learned is that they're still the regular season team, they were as good at home and they're coming back home. Why can they even it? Because the next two games are a chase. And, you know, we, we can make this a three-game series. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Maxime, take this next question. Quote, I need your takes on the first two games, but don't want to sit through long descriptions of contests I hated. I like this guy and I like his question. Please give me your quick takes on these. So I'm going to give us the, the thing they're asking for. All of us give the real fast take. Maxime, you take it first. Best player in the series so far. Darren Fox. And I'll tell you why. As much as I hate to say it, the thing that scares me the most is in game one, Steph hits an absolutely clutch three, right, to give us a lead. And then what happens? De'Aaron Fox turns around and hits the same shot. And it's exactly what Guru was saying. It's like, oh, oh, shit, they're doing our playbook, and they might be doing it better than us, doing it faster than us. You know, he's, I'm not saying he's the best player, period, you know, or is the MVP of the series or whatever, but through two games, there's nobody that's been playing better than De'Aaron Fox. Anybody have a different answer? De'Aaron Fox for me, too. I do got, I got to add this. I don't think I've seen a player with speed, prime D Rose, OKC Westbrook in his prime, ski skirt out of a double team like he did Wiggins and GP2, De'Aaron Fox, and then made Poole go to the ground and Wiggins like he was so fast. He, he got out of it. Like I haven't seen that maybe on a football field, but I was like, oh my goodness. Uh -oh. so he's and he's in control um you know, i used to use this bad. line all the you time know. for like jk i used to say he looked like a 19 year old driving a porsche and when he once he figures it out for De'Aaron fox he looks like an f1 driver driving a fucking porsche he, he knows he knows exactly what to do his ability to stop and start is unlike um anybody else's athleticism i've seen for a while cj I cut you off what are we gonna say do not disrespect prime john wall continue you should do the Dougie right now just to, uh, to show him some out, fucking love. I'll give you that. Look at him. Uh, here's another question. Best coach so far? Mm. I mean, Mike Brown? Matt? No. We, we saw Mike Michael Green in the He's game last night. Yes. His team is up 2-0. His team executes in the clutch. Um, his team is forcing turnovers and getting stops. And his team's getting it done on offense. And, and why he gets my vote, uh, Max, is I don't know and I don't like it, man. I'm not being Monday morning quarterback. Whatever's going on with Jonathan Kaminga is the same thing that went on to make Wiseman not be on this Warrior roster. And Moody's been sitting there like a bump on a pickle, and then all of a sudden it's okay for him to play in a game where he played and showed you he had something. So I never understood why Kerr never said it could be greater later and go through some bumps and tribulations during the regular season and have these dudes ready. But to pull the carpet, and I know Kaminga got lost a couple of times, but I'm just blown away. And all of a sudden, Dante DiVincenzo gets 13 minutes and doesn't play the fourth quarter along with Poole. So I'm going with Mike Brown, man. 
Fuck it. We're looking. If we have a, a problem with youth and athleticism, you know who is young and athletic? Oh JK. <laughs> you know, he's the only guy we have. That's the only person who fits that description. So, right. you know, maybe we can we can put him in. I think the issue with that is primarily the return of Wiggins and the need for the Warriors yeah. to have experienced yeah. defenders on the court. Now, don't get me wrong. Kaminga made incredible strides in the second right. season, especially on the defensive end of the court, willing to take on that responsibility of guarding the team's, team's best players. Full court. However, Wiggins has to play. Wiggins has to be on the court. Oh, man. Who has to be on the court, right? So I think Kaminga's just getting lost in the shuffle a little bit, but at the same time, it, they have to find minutes for him somewhere because there's no player in the series who has that combination right. of athleticism <laughs> and, you know, like skill like he does. It's it's kind of, it's head-scratching, but if you're playing Kaminga more, who are you taking off the floor? They didn't yeah, trade that's Gary for the answer. bench at this time of year, right? You know? So yeah. it's just it, – it, it, it's, a, it's a very delicate situation. And it's just like who's going to be the odd man out? Right now it's the, it's the youngest guy. Wow. That makes here, – here's a, a criticism, and this helps me deserve the title, the hater that I've now referenced multiple times. You know what I'd like to see? So I, don't, I haven't been following Sacramento. I don't know a lot about DeMontis's, uh thumb injury. I know that we see the rap. I know they've talked about it a little while. What I'd like to see is some shit out of the late 80s. I want to see the wow. Warriors. I want Jermichael Green's job to have six hard fouls on his fucking hand. I want, you know, if, if Kaminga's not playing, I'd like him to add another six fouls on DeMantis, or DeMantis' hand. You know what I mean? Like, just if, if this, is the, this is the game, this is how we can play it, and we're getting destroyed, then we got to start using whatever tactics are at our disposal. Maxime, it seemed like you were going to try to support Kerr. You got a, a pro-Kerr take? <laughs> no. I was wow. not trying to support Curry. Here's the thing: is is I uh, I saw an article today that made me re-examine. I wish I had 2020, you know, 2020 hindsight. That oh, actually, this series might have been a little bit tougher than I was expecting. Because of course, Mike Brown knows Steve Kerr's whole playbook, and I think it's not fair to say exactly that Steve Kerr also knows Mike Brown's whole playbook. But come on, Mike Brown was sitting on your bench. You know how this guy thinks. I think that goes both ways and and to you know the way that Mike Brown is scheming against all of the things putting us in positions to make our team uncomfortable it's like it's clear that he knows exactly what we're going to do and is one step ahead of us and it's just a little bit disappointing that we didn't have that same level of chess mastery that I'm seeing coming from Kurt I don't know maybe he's as gassed as the rest of the squad dude I've seen this shit I saw it and we believe the other direction Don Nelson came from oh, the man. Mavericks mm. No, and he helped build that entire team. He knew their he knew them inside and out. And then when we played him, he knew exactly where their weaknesses were. He knew exactly how to put Dirk in a situation where he couldn't succeed. Hmm. And we all saw exactly how that ended. So hopefully this will flip, you know. Um, the last quick hitter. What player have you learned to sports hate already? I'll take this one first. Congrats to Marcus, because he called this Malik Bunk. Oh my God. The only thing that, that frustrates me more than Malik Monk's success up until now is his unbelievable amount of confidence. If I have to look at that fucking snarl one more time, you're Malik Monk. You've done nothing. I, so there, I'll leave it there. Malik Monk is my guy. I, I, I have learned to sports hate him almost immediately. Just immediately. Hmm. Mine is CP3, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I call him CP me. I know he's a I know he's a point guard or whatnot, but I see him really have some, as I deem it, lemon booty moments to where you don't come up clutch. I'm not gonna blame game seven on you last year against Dallas at home. Nobody still knows what went down. But I feel like Houston, you couldn't stay healthy when you had a Kevin Durant warrior led team down three two. And he gets his flowers, but I look at his body and I ain't no position to body shame. But I don't feel like he's in the lab. I feel like he's living off a rep for a long time, man. So I'm looking at him now, and I said, you know what, Saturday, let me see. And then Sunday, and they lost to game one at home. It's not over. But I'm like, CP3, if you're that dude and you got that intellect, let's see it. And CJ, right now, they're down 0-1. Don't lose tonight. <laughs> this episode will officially now be called Body Shaving CP Me. And I think it's going to be the best title we've ever had. Uh, I'm going to, Guru, I'm going to ask CJ, does he have a player that he hates, sports hates? What's your guess? My guess is he does not. He's going to tell, he, I think That's he it. does. No, I think, think he got some. He has one, but, but I, I think, think he's going to tell one. if he doesn't. <laughs> Al Horford. Oh, wow. I, I can't, can't wait to hear this. I can't stand Al Horford. As you guys know, I'm from DC, grew up a Wizards fan. And 
Every time the Warriors and Hawks, when he back when he's on the Hawks, every time the Warriors and Hawks linked up, he always burned us. I remember there was one playoff series <laughs> back in the day where like we like we could have I don't remember what the series was, but it was a critical game and it was an overtime. And um Je- I think it was like Jeff Teague or someone raced down the court, missed a layup, Al Horror for tipped it in at the buzzer, and I've hated him ever since. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he does. Poor Tate. Oh. I don't hate him. Yeah, of course. Yeah. He's like a great guy. I'm going to reveal. Yeah. Fuck yes. That was the year. It's just like his buckets hurt. You know, like certain <laughs> buckets just hurt. Like, like uh, for example, like 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 Nick Batum buckets. They hurt. They just hurt a little more because they're so ugly. Like, uh, I think Scrandon hurt more. Yo, I hate Al Horford from game you know one. Saying, like, it just hurts. It's like, why? Memories. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> I mean, that's peak content right there. Maxine, do you, do you, is there any way that you can match fucking CJ's hate for Horford? No, but I feel like I have an equivalent level of hate. I just can't, I, you know, I don't write for a living. So my goodness, that was perfectly said, but I'm, I have seen the replay, uh, of, uh, of the, uh, the incident with Sabonis too many times. And I've mm. seen too many instances of other plays around that. Look, I predicted at the beginning of this series that uh, we're going to end up seeing some, some stuff happen between Draymond and Sabonis. And my reasoning was that I was expecting with Draymond being a little bit older, being a little bit smaller, he's going to have to maybe play a little bit dirty to just knock Sabonis off his game. I didn't expect that Sabonis was going to be doing that. I mean, Sabonis is here rocking fools around. It's not just on this play. There are many instances where he's raking fools, shoving people out of the lane. Um, It's making me really frustrated. It's not the type of ball I would want to see from that team. Perfect transition. Our next question, quote, can anyone explain what Draymond and DeMontis were doing? And do you think either will face a suspension. So I love that they're including, you know, will Sabonis be suspended? We now know, or at least there's suggestion that no suspensions are coming, that Draymond's only going to be facing a fine. I'm going to break this up, all right? Because obviously we all watch this, and this is kind of a big moment from game two. Um, and here's the first question. What the fuck was DeMontis doing? Why, when, when he locks up his, his leg, why was he doing that? And if we've got a clip of that, Maxime, let's run it before we give our, uh, our guesses. Boom. Let's let's take an alternate angle here. Oh, let's go. A little slow-mo. Okay. Wow. All right, run that one more time. So yeah. this is it's a it's not the angle that we've seen a million times. It's taken from the left hand side, and what it is showing, I think, is, is Sabonis pulling fucking clay to the ground. Oh. And then locking up Draymond. All right. Man. So, boys, you watch this. What was he trying to do? And was DeMontis dirty? Well, obviously, you know, Sabonis was just trying to make sure that the Warriors didn't have numbers going back on offense. So, you know, when you're going to the ground, in his mind, like take out as many people as possible, right? Um, so you give his team time to get back on defense. But are you being serious, sir? Is, that, is that a thing that, like, do you, um, when you were playing at Auburn? Is that a, you know, like, is that one of the things the coaches will teach you or one of the things you oh, pick up? It's, it's nothing that no coach will ever teach you, but, but you pick up but it's game a move that you game, do. Kind of game yeah. within the game kind of thing that Draymond, to be honest, is very good at. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. you know, it's it, it's all about the little things that you don't get caught doing. Like, if we seriously, like, go back and watch, like, every play in this series, there's probably so many things that we, that referees missed or, or like, didn't blow up on social media because no one thought, twice of it, but things like this happen all the time. But I did not see, upon watching this replay, I didn't see Clay pulling the jersey. I mean, I didn't see Sabonis mm. pulling Clay. So Sabonis is the one who started the the dirty tactics, right? Um, mm. You know, based on what I'm seeing. And I guess I'm, I'm confused if he was really going for Draymond's leg because he kind of went up like this trying to cover his face and it kind of looked like Draymond's leg kind of got caught in between you know, it was a bang bang play, so I can't completely say that Sabonis was going to grab Draymond's leg, right? However, after he already after, after we just saw him try to pull down Clay, him also going after Dre um, doesn't surprise me. Now, with that being said, um, you know, Draymond said after game yesterday that hey, my foot had to go somewhere. He could have fell down with him. He could have you know stepped a little bit more to the left. He didn't have to step on the man's chest. Sabonis was an okay player coming in. I never really gave him his props. I always felt like, you know, Draymond Green has a list of dudes. He can just say, boo, 
Blake Griffin, Valanchunas, and the first game, Sabonis, he was goofy. And what he was doing was being goofy without even knowing it. And Klay Thompson, we already talked about his history, you know, uh, his history, his resume there. That was dirty. He could have got hurt. You're just going to pull the man backward and then grab Draymond's foot in real time. And then and I lo- at first I was like, you know what, Dre's done with the Warriors. Because I was in there like, because I didn't see the, the ankle hole. But he went Van Gundy on him. And then Sabonis tried to play victim. My neck and my back, I need x-rays. And I love Dre for saying, oh, my ankle had to get an x-ray too. But I, I say all that to say is Sabonis, he had 24-9 and nine last night, and it didn't even feel like it. So I'm almost giving him a compliment. But he is not being what he was during 82 games. And I think a part of it, hard for a regular Joe to say somebody's scared. But Draymond's in his head. And I honestly believe he held that ankle just – he didn't know he was just having like a blackout moment, man. And I'm gonna throw the clay, bring that takedown on that too. It was weird. The CJ, you adding, and it makes sense to me that part of the bag of tricks that you can develop after playing professionally and playing competitively for as long as you did is what you said. You know, like uh, how do you take people out around you to make sure that your team isn't at a disadvantage? And so, of the two things, no question in my mind, he tried to pull clay down. I mean, there's not there that I think that we see that directly in the video. And now thinking, you know, that there's some rationale behind why he would want to grab Draymond, just slowing down another member. I think he fucking did that on purpose, too. Now, I don't think it's as dirty as uh, as Draymond. And I'm skipping to the next question. But I don't think there's any question that it was a very dirty play. And he started this thing. Let's look at the Draymond angle. Play the uh, the normal um, clip. So here we go. And this is the angle we've become familiar with. Oh my God. It's like football, right? There's holding on every single play in football. It's a matter of who gets caught and who doesn't. But that had Donkey Kong Sue vibes. His pop. <laughs> what are you guys, what are you guys giving? Dre, I love Dre, but damn, he got his money worth. Is Sabonis, does he want an Oscar for that? Or you think that's real? Yeah, yes. he's wild. Oh my God. Unless he also got shot by a sniper at the exact same moment, that reaction is completely ridiculous. Oh, and he milked it too. I was like, get up. He finished the game, but he he knew what he was doing. He wanted Dre ran. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, there there is a, there's no question. All right. So we look at it, and CJ, you basically asked the question that I'm most interested in. All right. Did he do it on purpose? Was that because Draymond says, I had nowhere else to step? You know, it's momentum. I'm not very flexible, is what he kept saying. I, I got a step forward. I'm not flexible enough. And so I stepped on him. Do you guys think that is, you know, inadvertent? It was gravity or was it an intention? That was intentional. Now, granted, now, granted, I think Sabonis sold it a little, you know, a little bit of, in terms of like his pain oh, tolerance and things yes. of that nature. But you could clearly see that there was a little load up before that step. And, you know, obviously Draymond's reacting to his leg getting grabbed right yeah there's no doubt in my mind that was on purpose and how dirty can it really be i'm going back old school lambeer and oakley and all those dudes how dirty can it really be if uh the victim got a tech so he got a tech for holding the ankle so dre is smart one of the smartest ball players we've seen so he knew he almost had a freebie it was retaliation and that's why he got ran which hurt his team but no suspension today, but there's no doubt he did it on purpose, but he calculated it to me so quick. I got a freebie. Uh. And he could have yeah. just fell down. Right? <laughs> he could have simply just fell down. Like, yeah, he could have did too. Then oh. Sabonis is getting attacked and Draymond stays in the game. Yeah. Draymond's in the game. Maybe they don't have one field goal over the final three levels. Wow, man. I asked him about it afterwards. You know, what was going on? I mean, you guys are in the room, so you know. And one of the things he said when explaining what happened last night is that in game one, his leg was also being held, that Malik Monk was holding his leg. And the second he offered, the second he talked about a previous time, it made me think a thousand percent he did it on purpose. A thousand percent. Mm. Uh, Maxime and I were talking about this before we went live. And I said, look, if if we were trying to figure out whether or not I punched somebody and you asked me, Bram, did you punch him? And the first thing I said is last week he stole money from me. Yeah. Like, oh, yep. He punched up, you know, and like <laughs> the idea that he was talking about the ramp up. Well, you fuckers didn't see what happened, you know, in game one. And then game two, it happens again. The it, it makes me feel like he was justifying it even while he was saying it was accidental. 
Uh, Maxine, what do you think, man? On purpose? I don't. I don't. I really don't. I And I didn't throughout the in, entire course of the, like 30 replays we got while I was watching the game last night. I mean, I, I understand everything that everybody's saying, and I think the more you dissect it and the more you watch it in slow motion, the more you can start to ascribe your own narrative to, sure, there was a windup or whatever. I mean, dude was holding his foot, and he was trying to get back on the play. If you don't, if you fall, right, where's he going to fall? He's either going to fall on Sabonis, and that could be just as problematic, or he's going to fall to the outside with Sabonis holding his ankle, could totally turn his ankle, right? I understand he's trying to run back onto the play, probably doesn't realize how tied up he is because he's looking down the court to see what's going on. And he takes a step. And then of course, because he can't pick up his left foot, he's going to, you're naturally going to put your right foot down. I mean, you get somebody to hold your left foot and try to take a step. The first thing you're going to do if your right foot is in the air is then put that right foot down. I get it. I get that there seems like a lot of malicious intent. I get that we have this whole narrative over and over again and the types of shit that Draymond does, but it never feels dirty. And maybe I'm a homer. I don't know, but it always feels like it's it, like there's something else going on. It's not just because he wants to hurt this dude. Like, I don't think that's who Draymond is. And again, the more I watch it, the more I'm convinced that this is actually just him trying to get back on defense mm. or offense. I mean, I love it. Um, I don't agree with it, but I absolutely love it. You know, I mean, it is what it is. Having just watched that replay, it's kind of hard to justify, but I still, I'm on board for you and let's go. I'm glad one of us had some optimism here. Um, Okay, boys, I kept you longer than I promised, so I'll, I'll go right to the last question. Updated series prediction. Yeah. So this thing started, I said Golden State in six. I've now watched these first two games. My updated prediction is Golden State in seven. I think we tie this fucker up in these next two games, and then when we make it a best of three, that's when I hope Sacramento finally starts showing their lack of uh, playoff experience. At least that's what I've convinced myself of. So Warriors in seven. Yeah, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to go Warriors at 7 too. And I was asleep at the wheel when you asked about glass half empty. And the reason I'm saying 7 and I'm concerned, guys, is the, the Warriors started this run 14-15. It's already incredible. They won a chip out of nowhere last year. But I'm telling you, I feel like the gas tank is passed. It's on E in regard to starting two starters are bigs who cannot score or don't look to score. I feel like that has ran its course. And now in football, when you got a faster team on offense and what, what do you try? You can go to a nickel. You can go to a dime to try to keep up. And what Mike Brown has the Kings doing is Dre. We ain't blitzing you dog. You ain't going to shoot it, but we're back and there's nowhere to pass the ball and everything is just hard. Even Davion Mitchell, I thought he was unplayable, but he's gone. He's bugging Curry. And just the average pass is hard. So I say that to say is it's going to be Warriors at seven. Somehow they overcome it because Sack may not know how to close. But that part of this run is bothering me. Have they got this far where, you know what, now we – because somebody was like, oh, they can't win it without Draymond. I love Dre much as the next person. But that would be the next evolution of if you replace Dre with somebody that could pick and pop. Okay, maybe you don't get the best screens, but Curry will still hit it. So I'm hoping that is not what we're watching, but it feels something like that. I'm going Kings and six right now until wow. based on what I've seen over these first two games, I think the Warriors are in legitimate trouble. I do think they bounce back in game three and get a win. But if you're asking me which one of these two teams win on the ro- wins on the road first, I'm going with Sacramento. I mean, they're the better road team throughout the regular season right now. They're hungrier. They are. Um, now, granted, that opinion might change um, after what I, you know, after what we see in game three. But right now I think the Warriors are on the ropes and, um, I think they're going to split back in San Francisco and the Kings um, light the beam and advance the second round on next week. New rule on this show. No one's allowed to use the phrase light the beam. It's done. We're going to just beep it. Beep it like a cuss word, man, so we don't hear it at all. Maxime, what's your guess? Uh, I, you know, I, I, I want to say Warriors in seven. It's very difficult. I feel almost more convinced that the Kings might win this series after watching game one because I think we played about as good a basketball. Granted, there were some turnover issues, but about as good a basketball as we could have played given where this team is at. Um, the way we locked up Sabonis was ideal, you know? And I get it. I get that Malik Monk and De'Aaron Fox had fantastic games, but Kevin Herter didn't, you know? And that, so it's like just because one of their stars is not going to be on doesn't mean that another player might not come up to make it happen. But I will say I'm taking with Warriors in seven. 
I'm sticking with. I said Warriors in six originally. I'm saying Warriors in seven now. But I do think that whoever wins game four wins the series. Like Keegan Murray, to your point, Maxine, Keegan Murray and Kevin Herter have not even had good games yet. At all. It's concerning. That is scary. And they will eventually. Yes. <laughs> and, the, and the Kings play better on the road than they do at home. So, yeah. Warriors in seven. Fuck you guys. It's going to happen. <laughs> You're the best. Warriors in seven. I don't think uh, I've picked against the Warriors on, on this show yet. I think this is the first time since you guys have had me on I've picked against the Warriors. Yeah, I mean, I uh, we might be having a ton of nasty firsts on this show, but we'll jump <laughs> off that bridge when we get to it. CJ, let's start with you. Um, the I look forward to having you on. Always do. Love your work. And I'm positive I'm not alone for people who need up, way man. more. CJ Holmes in their life. Where do they go? Uh, you guys can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at CJHolmes22. And as I always say, retweets, not likes. Retweets, not likes. Let's go. Which I feel like I've been doing. I don't know. I've given you a couple <laughs> retweets recently. I've been on that. Uh, Guru, same for you. I couldn't have been more excited to have you on. You answered right the on, fucking man. bell. This was phenomenal. I also love what you're doing with Steiny for people who need more Guru in their life. Where do they go? Uh, 10 to 2, Monday through Friday, 95.7 The Game. And then uh, Twitter, uh, at Triple D Guru. I was a big Dolly Parton fan, so that's DDD Guru. And then on Twitter, uh, excuse me, IG, Daryl Guru Johnson. Maxime, I'm going to admit something just to you. Don't let them hear this. <laughs> one of the reasons I wanted to have them both on today, so I needed both their takes, and they're phenomenal. But one of the reasons I wanted to have them both on is I wanted to impress them. I wanted to be like, oh, like, they know Guru. Yeah, they or they know And then before we even fucking started it, of course they'd known each other. He's, CJ's been on Guru's show like a thousand yeah. times, so no one was yeah. fucking impressed. Like, they yeah, didn't go anywhere. We got too, CJ. We, I'm going to hit you up. Hey, okay. you just let me know. Okay. <laughs> See, right. this is my nightmare. I thought I was going to come off as, like, the big star. Uh-huh. No, it didn't It didn't happen for us. You uh-huh. want to get us a question to answer, let us know we did a good job, bad job, any job. You can shoot us an email to huddle at warriorshuddle.com. Boom. We're also on social media, Twitter. That one's at Warriors Huddle. And then we're on Instagram as well. Same handle. With that in mind, go Warriors. Fuck the beam. And hopefully we'll see you real soon. Good, good. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.